Welcome to uh, episode two for 2020 of the Big W Podcast. My name is Kevin Hillier and a blockbuster coming up uh, in this edition with thanks to ABC Homes. Thanks to Dominic and the team for supporting us uh, with the podcast again uh, for 2020 and supporting us again in season 2020. Also to Corio Waste Management and you can check out uh, either of their websites, abchomes.com.au. They're doing displays by appointment at the moment and any details you want, just give them a buzz. 131828 and they'll talk you through it. And Corio Waste Management, of course, Corio wm.com.au and I mentioned it's a blockbuster edition and it is a couple of the new faces uh, to the club will join me uh, you'll get to uh, to know a little bit more about uh, Matthew Loby and uh, Matt Buck uh, of course Matt uh, Loby has joined us uh, as a playing coach uh, in the uh, in the ruck uh, part of the uh, organization also uh, helping out uh, Mickey Barlow in the midfield and Matt Buck is our new development coach so uh, there are two new faces you'll meet uh, in this podcast Hamish McGinnis has been with us for a little while now as our community Development Manager, and of course everyone knows Mark Penaluna. He'll give us a wrap-up of uh, what's going on around uh, footy uh, in VFL, uh, at the VFL level. So that's all coming up in this podcast. Uh, with thanks, of course, as I said, to ABC Homes, to Corio Waste Management, and also a shout-out to our two, uh, two of our great uh, sponsors in Balan Holden uh, for the 21st year, our major sponsor, and uh, Avalon Airport, a couple of businesses open for business as they are uh, in these very uh, unusual and uh, different circumstances we find ourselves in, but let's get to a blockbuster episode two of the Big W Podcast. First guest on the uh, Big W Podcast this time around is uh, one of our new recruits, uh, not only uh, in the playing stock, but also in the uh, the coaching department as well. Matthew Loby joins me. G'day, Matthew. Welcome to the club, mate. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. How have, uh, how have you settled in as, as best you can in, in what's been a bit of a different set of circumstances? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, really enjoyed it, um, sort of up until we, we stopped, um, probably six weeks ago. Um, yeah, um, yeah, really enjoyed, um, coming on board and obviously already knew Choco, um, and, and knew a couple of the older guys from playing against them, but, um, yeah, really enjoyed, um, getting to train with, with the guys and, um, seems like a great club and, um, yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. The, uh, the reconnection with Choco, uh, takes you back to your, your initial days in the AFL. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, I was, I was a lot more intimidated by him back then than I started. Um, still am a bit now, but it's a bit easier to talk to him. Yeah, so that's been really good. And I reckon he's um, probably even a better coach than what he was. So um, I've enjoyed that. Yeah. Well. What What were you looking for in your in your footy and in your and in your footy life that that, that attracted you to come to the Werribee Footy Club? Um, I sort of, I felt like I still had a lot to offer um, at the highest level I could play and. I definitely want to want to win a premiership. I haven't won a premiership since I was 11 years old. So um, the first my first two years of playing 10 or 11, I won a, won a flag. So I thought it was pretty easy, but I haven't won one yeah. since. So I, was, I looked at Werribee. I looked at all the standalone clubs and sort of thought um, this was the best choice for me. And um, obviously, I need Choco there as well. But um, I was just attracted to to Werribee in that as a standalone club. But everyone really was in that boat of wanting to win a premiership. Um, I'd had conversations with a few of the senior players as well. 
the, yeah. uh, the the obviously that's the that's the thirst as a player and the hunger as a player to to want to get a flag. Uh, what about in the coaching uh, department in turning sort of dipping your toe into the water of the the ruck coaching and midfield uh, coaching roles? Yeah, there's a bit of that too. Um, I mean, I've done little bits of of coaching in the last few years of my AFL career. Um, I'd worked with some of the 16s and 18 state sides, both in Adelaide and Victoria, and definitely knew that I loved working with younger ruckmen. Um, and really enjoyed that part and it's probably the part that I I put a lot of energy into just because my playing stuff wasn't going as well as I wanted yeah. um, and so I wanted to keep that bit going um, and yeah just felt that was something I could offer and um, since I've come to yeah wherever I've been able to work with um, Jack Blair and Darcy Bennett and they're both um, great kids and want to work really hard so it's been pretty easy um, to be honest and uh, I mean, working with a couple of young ruckmen like that is is exciting. But uh, the other thing that you you kind of bring to the table too is that you didn't get that hundred uh, AFL games handed to you on a plate. You had to do a fairly reasonable apprenticeship when you came out of the uh, the, the the TAC Cup system uh, uh, back then uh, before you actually got uh, got your first game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it wasn't the, the easiest journey. Um, I reckon I know a lot of the best coaches I've had have been the ones that have. Um, haven't played that many games, or if they have, they haven't had the, the smoothest ride. Um, just sort of, they get a lot of the, the challenges that you go through as a player. Um, so I reckon I can relate to that um, to most players, but especially Ruckman, I think you you sort of have this sort of language that um, you understand, um, and you sort of know how much work you've got to get to before you can get a good run at it. Yeah. Um, so that's been good, and also I've tried to help Nick Barlow out um, with the midfield stuff as much as I can. Um, yeah, it's been good working with him as well. It was around about this time, the heading towards Anzac Day in 2010, that you made your your senior debut for Port uh, under Choco uh, in an Anzac. I think it was an Anzac Day round. And um, uh, reading about it, there was a, a little. You must have got an early introduction into Choco's kind of eccentricities, <laughs> because you, you finished oh, up on no a you finished up on a boat or something with a with a mantra of conquer or die. You've really done your research for this, haven't you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Well, it's funny. So my mum had actually reminded me um, that it was a ten year ten year anniversary coming up. I think this Friday of of debut. Um, and yeah, I do remember being on a a boat. I think he, he took us down to the wharf um, down in Port Adelaide and um, we're, we're trying to get a, a bit of an experience as a group. Um, I remember that. I remember just being really excited um, and nervous um, about playing my first game and um, Choco uh, like, liked to make big occasions of things so I think he sort of thought that playing in, a, in an Anzac Day weekend would add to it for me and it did and we got a win. I remember on Saturday night at Amy yeah. Stadium. Against um, St Kilda, who so were flying still, at that stage. Yeah, yeah against the Saints. So I've still, still got the clearest memory of um, driving home from the game and just feeling so excited that I played my first game and that, that I could play. And then it was really just a normal game of footy um, when I'd built it up for a few years because, you know, that was my third year of waiting to, to get a crack at it. Yeah, you had a two-year apprenticeship where you played a, across a couple of clubs in the uh, in the Sandville before you got yeah. your chance. But then 92 games of Port, eight of Carlton, so you got the nice round uh, 100 games and now moving on to Werribee. The other thing you've moved on to is is your role off the field in terms of what you do for a profession. Tell us tell us about your role at the uh, Players Association. Yeah, so working at the um, at the AFLPA, I um, had, had probably eight weeks after I finished where I was sort of Looking for looking for some roles, and I was keen 
I was weighing up whether to leave footy and do something else or stay in footy and um, sort of decided, yeah, to really give that a crack and had always been keen on the sort of footy operations and business side of of AFL. Um, and, and this role came up that, that was looking after all the player agents, so sort of a relationship manager across all the player agents um, on behalf of the AFLPA. And um, that's the role I'm in now. And um, again, I was sort of surprised that I really enjoyed that, um, getting to meet a lot of people across the industry. And um, I even like the, the admin stuff. And I mean, the role's changed a fair bit since, since we've gone into social isolation and it has been less meeting and a bit more of the boring admin work but um, still um, yeah really lucky to have got that role and um, feel pretty good about that too. So you're basically dealing with the blokes who uh, who manage players who uh, who work out the players yeah. contracts and do all that sort of stuff who at the moment have got a really big job because their players are sitting around doing nothing. Yeah definitely so we've had um, you know it's been a pretty big month or so for the, the PA and um, with the big salary cut negotiation and yeah. um, you know it's been my role and my team's role to keep um, the agents as updated as possible and keep the lines of communication really strong because um, obviously they want to do the best they can for their players um, that, it, that some of them might be finding it pretty tough and a bit unsure what to do so um, on the whole yeah it's um, they've been really good at helping their players. Matthew, the other thing that I know you've got a passion for, and I know that you're you're very interested in, is is the mental health part of uh, of players' well being and uh, and and where that yep. kind of sits. Um, give us a little kind of overview where that sits right at the moment, because if there ever was a time where players were vulnerable, I reckon this is it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough time for everyone in the world, but you know, players are a part of that, and um, I think from my experience as a player, when I found it hard in the off season when, you know, the rest of the year you're really structured and you're working towards a plan every single week and you're really good at that and you know how to train really hard at certain times and um, I'm sure they're sort of finding that tough to stay motivated when with the uncertainty of what's going to happen. I mean, um, still lucky to be getting paid, definitely, um, and I'm sure they're grateful for that. But it's, yeah, I'm sure they're still, like some of them be really good at, at managing to, find work and find things to keep them occupied and other guys would be finding it tough. I'm sure just like everyone yeah. in society is. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's been something I've been pretty passionate about. It's actually, so it's the 10, 10 year anniversary of my first game, but also it's 10 years since my brother has well, first had a mental health challenge. Um, it was on that same weekend that I played my first game. So he, um, you know, it's a pretty special week for him as well. He, um, He's had schizophrenia and managed it for 10 years and he's going really well. Um, yeah, he runs his own small business and um, he's managing it really well and also does a lot of mental health ambassador work. So that's sort of why I'm um, pretty passionate about that area. Yeah. Uh, in terms of physically uh, physical fitness, how you how you keep yourself occupied in this uh, in this kind of uh, on-hold period? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I, I haven't got many weights, so I'm sort of – a bit skinnier than what I was. Jeez, um, well done. That's a, that's an that's an exceptional <laughs> effort in this. I can tell you. But um, I'm, I've I've still been running. Um, we've got a program from from Werribee, um, from Doug, the fitness coach, and been doing that three times a week, and um, been getting out the bike a bit and cruising around on that, and I've enjoyed that because it's something probably you don't do much of um, usually in a normal footy program because it's not very footy related, but enjoyed doing that and. Sort of, I've found I've needed to get outside, and that's been the way I can do it. So. 
Well, hopefully yeah. uh, not too long until you, where you can see you running around on Avalon Airport Oval and uh, and wearing that uh, big W uh, jumper and uh, getting the, getting the, the, your hands on the footy and uh, enjoying your footy at the Werribee Footy Club. But welcome to the club, mate. It's terrific to have you as part of uh, our program uh, for 2020 and uh, and into the future. And let's hope we can get out and play some footy soon. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, really, really want to get started in some way or form this year. So, yeah, excited about it. Good Thanks for having me. Joining us on the Big W Podcast, Matthew Lobie. Next up on the Big W Podcast, another one of the new faces to the club for uh, 2020. Matt Buck joins me, who's a development coach uh, in the uh, in the coaching system under Choco for uh, 2020. G'day, Matt. How are you going? G'day, Kev. I'm well. Great to speak. How uh, how are you uh, handling uh, the uh, the sort of stay at home situation, mate? How's that affecting you personally? Yeah, look, I'm not too bad, mate. I'm on long service leave at the moment, and uh, and two little ones, and one on the way, so. I'm busy playing board games and doing paintings and, uh, you know, riding the bikes around. So we're going okay. We're yeah. doing a lot better than maybe some others. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, your role at the, at the footy club this year as development coach. How did we, uh, how did we get you to, uh, to Werribee for 2020? Uh, well, I'm from down Warrnambool Way. Um, I, I coached South Warrnambool for a few years um, down there and I was part of Croyd and, um, and the Barlow boys are from down that way. So I know Michael and, and just reached out to Mick and, and then yeah, they all the moons aligned and um, stars aligned, and uh, yeah, family way to Werribee. Had uh, had some uh, terrific success down in that uh, in that league in that neck of the woods too, down at South Warrnambool with a couple of premierships. Oh, I had some premierships with Caroit, so I was with Caroit, and with, they've won the last six premierships in a row. So um, they're a really strong footy club with great people. So yeah, it was great to be a part of that, and um, and yeah. It was, it was, and a good, uh, good run for them. Development coaching is a really specialised area. It's also a really exciting area and one that uh, obviously you, you have a great passion for. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I'm a school teacher by trade and uh, I enjoy you know teaching people and, and this role in particular is about teaching people how to play footy, number one, but uh, uh, how to grow and be good people as well. And I guess that second part of it, uh, the, the non-footy part of it, is what you probably had more of a chance to concentrate on uh, given the circumstances that we find ourselves in at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So we've probably we've got our little WhatsApp group going with all our first and second year players, and um, we probably focus more on you know building our professionalism away from the field and what that kind of looks like. So you know we've uh, we've had some books that we've uh, thrown out there to the boys about some reading they could be doing, um, some podcasting, different podcasts they could listen to, some you know professional athletes and their journey they've been on, yep. and yeah, a little bit of cooking stuff as well, which has been. Been good fun. And who's the uh, who's the shining star of the uh, the development group at the moment uh, in all those areas? <laughs> oh, look at Brody Newman, young Brody Newman. He's he's a shining light, and uh, and big Darcy Bennett. Uh, he's been terrific in there as well. So. No, they all keep in well and they all have a bit to say, which has been fantastic in this uh, period. Matt, one of the challenges, obviously, when you come to a club is getting to know uh, the players and the people around the club and all that sort of stuff. The people around the club has probably been more difficult than getting to know the players because you, you've virtually got a confined little group now, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. So no, I, haven't, I haven't really met too many from around the footy club because um, obviously we just knocked pre-season off and we're about to jump into that game period. So haven't been fortunate enough to meet everyone. But yeah, we're all the players and stuff and you know through WhatsApp and social media now, I kind of keep, keep in contact with everybody that way, um, which has been great. Yeah, it's a, a interesting, and, and the fact that we don't have a development uh, squad anymore in terms of uh, a team that plays as our, virtually as our seconds uh, makes makes your job even more kind of uh, challenging, I guess, in many ways, and uh, and also uh, interesting. Yeah, well, you've got to have a good re- relationship with the uh, local coaches, which you know we just started to put into place. So 
Um, but yeah, look, it's it's important that I communicate with our players really well and communicate with their uh, local coaches really well, so that everyone's on the same page and heading in the right direction. What uh, what's been your sort of uh, take on what you've seen so far of the of the Werribee Footy Club and uh, and VFL Footy in general? Oh, the, the Werribee Footy Club has been fantastic, um, very welcoming, and you know, obviously, we've managed to maintain uh, a lot of the players on the list from uh, from the last twelve months, which. You know, has had to help with the field of the place. So it's, you know, they've wrapped their arms around the few players that have come in, and and the players that have come in have, have you know, used that to have a great preseason and feel really comfortable around the place. And, you know, that's really clear with, you know, the professionals they brought in in Matt Lobie and Connor Menager, etc. And that's rubbed off on the young players. So they've managed to put a, you know, their right foot forward and, and have a good preseason as well. Um, the standard of footy's, you know, been terrific. So to watch Matt, Matt Anton and Matty Munro. And those blokes go about their business. It's been great, and you know I look forward to you know being able to watch them play one day soon, hopefully. And from a coaching pathway point of view, I mean, you mentioned uh, down at uh, in the Hamden League, uh, you've had some time down there and some success down there. Where where do you want to take your coaching uh, career to uh, to Matt? Uh, and obviously, working under someone uh, an AFL Premiership coach like uh, like Mark Williams uh, certainly would help you. Yeah, look, uh, look in terms of aspirations, now I'm just in it for the ride. To be honest, so I'm going to enjoy. Every minute I've I've got in it, so at the moment that's at Werribee, and and I've been loving that. And Shocko's, you know, and and all the crew have been brilliant, and and they're willing to, you know, tell me things and let me ask the stupid questions and that kind of stuff, which has, you know, helped me a lot. And um, yeah, so I'm really enjoying that at the moment. And I'll, you know, I'm at Werribee for the next decade. That's that's fine with me. Yep. So who's the bigger challenge at the moment? The uh, the young developing playing group, or your uh, your five and your two year old Hugo and Oscar, and uh, keeping them amused for <laughs> for 24 hours a day. No, Hugo and Oscar take the money there. We've got, <laughs> got a baby due this week at some stage. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm desperate to get back to the young young guns and, uh, and see those boys, that's for sure. Well, mate, uh, best of luck to you and Rachel uh, with the with the birth of the uh, the third bub. Hope everything goes well with that. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy and stay sane. Yeah, good on you, Kev. Appreciate it. Joining me now on the Big W Podcast is uh, the one and only Hamish McGuinness, who, of course, is our Community Development Manager. G'day, Hamish. How are you going? Good, Kev. How about yourself, mate? I'm all right. How are you, how are you handling the uh, the isolation and uh, not being able to do what you normally do? Uh, yeah, handling it all right. Um, I guess it has its uh, ups and downs. Um, but I think, yeah, I feel like everyone's sort of adjusting now and it's, um, there's a bit bit of a normality to it, which is good. But, um, yeah, looking forward to giving someone a hug, to be honest. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, one of the things that that we do do at the footy club is we get out in the streets, we get out into the into the schools and into uh, shopping centres and all those things that we do as part of our community projects. Uh, unfortunately, we can't do that. So, how have you had to adapt uh, all the programs that we've that we've got in place? Yeah, great question. It's um, yeah, it's been quite challenging because um, as this was all sort of unfolding, you, you sort of look down at. Um, you sort of plan for the year and, and everything's almost off the cards. And um, so, yeah, I think it's been in these early early weeks been sort of just rethinking, um, first of all, uh, what's actually possible and what's plausible and then um, what do we have the ability to do. Um, and I think some things that um, Robert's just seeing a lot of people doing um, is staying connected online, whether that's through um, video chat, Zoom, um, and all those type of things. Um, so we're going through uh, what we can continue to offer um, to the Wyndham community um, through those uh, social pipes. So some things we're looking at doing is we're looking to continue the close relationship that we have with schools. So 
Um, across term one, we, we ran a number of football clinics in um, schools in Wyndham to, to really promote the upcoming football season. Um, so we're looking to continue some of those. Um, although they won't be in schools, they'll be um, still uh, online um, content, so 15, 20 minute um, physical activity videos that we'll be providing um, schools and possibly community groups that um still in the planning stages of that. But I think that'll be something um, we'll be definitely rolling out in the coming weeks. Uh, that's one of the programs I know you're working on. Michael Barlow's uh, working with you. And we've been doing some videos with some of our players too, just little kind of uh, very short videos just, just to keep yourself moving and keep yourself doing something. Yeah, that's it. And I guess, um, yeah, that, that's the challenge as well. I um, think I'll be great to put out some some footy activity videos for kids at home, but, you know, not every kid has a backyard, not every kid has um, a footy. So, um, you know, it's also rethinking how how we do those, you know, what are some things around the house that every kid has? What are what are some things that um, that they can just pick up and use to stay active? And um, like I said, and I think you said as well, 15, 20 minutes for the, the shorter ones. Um, probably in this day and age is, is all, all that needs to be done because kids um, trying to keep them tuned in for an hour is a bit of a challenge. But um, I think I think it's going to be really effective in. Um, helping the kids stay uh, tuned in with school as well. You know, if they're sitting in front of a screen all day or sitting in front of their pen and paper, just get up and moving 15, 20 minutes is, um, is a really good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, obviously had some, um, the, the, I guess, um, communication with council in this area as well. Yeah, and so they've been a great support. And obviously we're supporting them as well. But, um, yeah, they're going through a lot of the same uh, challenges. Um, with all of their programs that um, that we've been working with them closely with, and um, yeah, it has to be reinvented. and And they've been fantastic. They've got a lot of online resources um, that you can jump on and use. Um, I know across the school holidays they have some good stuff, so no doubt they'll continue that good work. All right, so we'll keep an eye on our obviously our social media uh, areas and uh, and our website and that for uh, what's coming up in uh, in our community development area. Hamish, thanks very much for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, stay you, well, mate. stay safe. You take care, no worries, mate. And to finish off this edition of the Big W podcast, let's go to the CEO, Mark Penaluna. Hello, Mark. How are you going? Very good, Kev. How are you going, my friend? I'm good. Uh, now, uh, tell us, uh, what, what update can you give us on uh, the possibility of uh, where football sits at the moment? Well, Kev, we, uh, we're in regular contact with each of the standalone clubs, which includes a weekly uh, tally conference. Uh, and also, um, similarly, we catch up with the AFL um, the next day on a Friday. So, um, we had a catch-up with uh, the AFL talent manager, Tristan Salter, last Friday, and um, he said that the AFL are closer to um, working towards their various scenarios, which obviously there's a knock-on effect on how it affects um, the VFL clubs, and that, that might include, um, obviously, how many players at the AFL will be running out each weekend, if they're looking for extended benches or not, whether they're going to be potentially in hubs, and as I said, all those things impact particularly those clubs who have alignments with the AFL clubs, such as um, the Casey Demons and the Box Hill Hawks and Sandy and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I suppose it was a little, little bit of limbo there. Um, we expect shortly to be um, offered to put information as we see it from an AFL point of view and how the VFL season may be able to be extended. I'm also aware that the AFL have been in some discussion with Cricket Victoria in relation to 
extending the football season into October, which obviously means that cricket may not start until first week of November or so. So that's sort of some of the stuff we have to contemplate. Um, from our point of view, what would that mean from accessibility to Avalon Airport Oval from a, a training match sort of point of view as yeah. well? But that's a fair way down the track, but there are all the different sort of things that we've got to contemplate and uh, we might sit down and contemplate that for an hour or two and then suddenly rip it up and um, <laughs> we go a different tangent altogether. Yeah, plan A, B, C, D and X. Exactly right, Kevin. And, and it's very much the same on the on the financial front as well. You know, you look at, well, you can do a budget based on playing zero games. You play 10 games with or without crowds. And there's a whole series of assumptions that got to be factored into that, which also includes our own social venue, Chance Up by the River, and also the Tigers Club as well. So every time I look at it, I come up with different assumptions and therefore a different bottom line. So, um, yeah. We're all just, every, like everyone, mate, we're all just doing our best. Yeah, and at the moment, I guess one bit of good news that's come out in the last uh, week or so is the fact that the Tigers Clubhouse is open for business, albeit in a, in a very different way to what we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Reese New and, uh, and the staff down there and the manager group have done a really good job to um, to have the business back operating, uh, both for lunchtime and for dinner, as far as takeaway options. Initially, um there's burgers and steak sandwiches and all these sorts of things that are operating. Chicken parmas, uh, also take away, um, take away alcohol and soft drink. Um, they will look at, um, they've got a, a model they're looking at the moment, but they're going to review that after a few weeks and see, um, how that might alter. But, um, Marg and the staff in the, in the bistro have done a great job in, in putting all that all together as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough time for everyone, but that is a, a little little bit of good news that we have there. Also some good news that you know some of our sponsors have uh, continued to, to hang with us, or most of our sponsors have continued to hang with us, as have, as has our members. Yeah, absolutely, Kev. We, um, we haven't had anyone contact us from uh, members, nor actually the sponsors who have said this, and we've already contributed this much. Um, we'd like to review that. There's been, there's been none of that. And we've been doing our best to stay in constant contact between, um, Zach and, and myself and, uh, and even, and Choco's called up a series of sponsors as well. So we've been doing our best to stay in contact with our sponsors, but, um, which we really appreciate their, their, and the overwhelming support to the club. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we spoke to Hamish McGinnis just before about the way we've had to adapt everything in the in the community space, and obviously, all parts of the of the club have had to adapt. But uh, uh, given the scenario we've got, uh, if we do get a green light at any stage, we're we're in a position to be up and running uh, whenever we need to be. Yeah, absolutely, we are, and um, I think being you know, from a new you know, our staff like Hamish and uh, Choco and Stewie and. Um, everyone's been, and, and obviously yourself, Kevin, everyone's been wonderful understanding of the, the climate we're all sitting in, and um, everyone absolutely has got the best interest of the Werribee Football Club. So um, the board have been terrific as well. We're having weekly catch-ups. So it's just, we're all in this. We're all doing our best, and um, we'll come at the other side. All right. Good on you, Mark. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. Well, hope you enjoyed all that information. We'll be asking questions later. Uh, no, my thanks to uh, to Matthew Loby, to Matt Buck, to Hamish McGuinness and to Mark Penaluna for their time. And uh, episode number three on the way in the not-too-distant future. Stay safe, take care, look after yourself, and, of course, uh, keep in mind our terrific uh, supporters and sponsors of our football club. All the details you need to know about what's going on with our sponsors, whether they're open, not open, what they're offering you, uh, some of the special members' reward discounts you can get, uh, all available on our social media platforms. 
platforms, uh, either on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook page or the website. Uh, you'll be able to find out exactly what's going on at the club. Thanks to ABC Homes. That's abchomes.com.au. Uh, and you can give them a buzz on 131 828. And Karaya Waste Management, sponsors of our podcast. And, of course, there are other two great sponsors I mentioned earlier in the program. Balan Holden, Tatino and uh, the family and all the team there at uh, Balan Holden. Take care, look after yourselves and to Justin and everyone at Avalon Airport. Uh, let's hope everything's back to normal sooner rather than later. We will be back sooner rather than later with the next Big W podcast. Look forward to having a chat to you there.